What's up, healthy family, and welcome to another special episode of our Tuesday Night Talks with our special guest, Liz, who is the registered dietitian for us for our new healthy care. And I'm so excited to be able to sit down with her today to answer all the questions that you guys have submitted to us and a little bit of a good essence of who our registered dietitian Liz is, what it takes to be an RD, and why you as a healthy member would benefit fit from using her um, as your personal registered dietitian. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Liz on. Hello, Liz. How are you? Great. How are you, Jordan? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me today. Um, I know you are a very busy woman. And so I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to sit down with me for the podcast. I'm super excited about it. My pleasure. Super happy. <laughs> Today. Yes, awesome. So without further ado, let's go ahead and take a little step back to who are you? Who is Liz? What's your background? Let our members know exactly who you are. Thank you. What a great way to start, Jordan. Um, I always like to start this way because I enjoy telling about my journey. It's a bit of a non-traditional journey and it often surprises people. So it's a fun way to start. Going way back to when I was in college and wasn't too quite sure about what I wanted to do with my life, uh, the idea of flying airplanes really, really excited me. And so what I did was I joined the Air Force after I got out of college. And during that time in the Air Force, I was able to have lots of incredible adventures, travel the world, uh, explore diverse cultures, all sorts of things like that. It opened my eyes to so many possibilities. Uh, along the way, I gained uh, a passion for food and nutrition, specifically in the culinary world. Spent some time uh, going to culinary school, doing some cooking, uh, but there were some things missing. And what was missing was helping people and the nutrition component. So that's when I decided that I was going to become a registered dietitian. And with that, uh, I've been able to kind of incorporate all those things, a passion for food, nutrition, helping people. I've done lots of different jobs as a dietitian. I have worked in hospitals, outpatient clinics, community health centers. Uh, and then in the last five years, I've kind of focused on the telehealth world. So I've really, really enjoyed kind of this new experience. Uh, on the technical front, um, I do hold um, dual master's degrees, one in management and the other in nutrition. And um, I am a proud carrier of the titles, registered dietitian, licensed dietitian, nutritionist, and certified diabetes care and education specialist. That is the fact that you were unsure in college, you wanted to fly airplanes, you went to the Air Force, and then you decided to go to college. Like, there was so much that happened in that period of time. That's just to me amazing. I went, you know, there's so many people out there, especially those that are listening, they're like, man, you know, I sometimes am late to work twice a week. <laughs> Not having a whole week's worth or a whole couple years of flying airplanes. <laughs> no, that is amazing. So let's talk a little bit about you've said who you are. You've let us know all of these skills that you had, but really let's tie into that how you said that, you know, you were passionate about becoming a registered dietitian. So, like, what truly made you decide that? And, you know, let us know truly why you're so passionate about it. Cause I know. A lot of people are passionate about things, but to actually be passionate about the career choice that you finally chose, 
Um, right. about that. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's my favorite question. Um, this is kind of funny. Remember the quote in Casablanca when they say, um, we'll always have Paris. Well, it sounds a little corny, but I like to tell people that I'll always have Sicily. And look, <laughs> there are lots of things that led to me becoming a dietitian, but Sicily is kind of what started it all. And it's why I'm passionate about what I do. Um, when I got out of the Air Force, I had a really interesting two years working in Sicily. And what that did was open my eyes to the differences in cultures and the way we really can and should live our lives and eat. And what I mean by that is that I would walk down into the market in the town square and be able to walk into the butcher and get freshly butchered meat. I would walk to the bread store and get freshly baked bread. I would go to the fruit stand and get everything that was probably picked within a couple of miles from where I was standing and walk away feeling like I had the most incredible set of ingredients that I could just do anything with. And it made me realize that we don't have to live in the processed world. We can enjoy really good whole foods and be super healthy if we want to be. That is something that I always, as myself, think about now. Um, I've told a lot of people that I've actually had a one-on-one session with you about my inflammation disease that I have. And one thing that I really took from you was Uh that pretty much that same line. We do not have to, even though we live in an ultra processed world, we can stand out. Uh, We don't have to always have processed foods in our diet. And just taking that little sentence, just like what you said, has truly helped me and my family. So that's amazing to know that even though here I'm in Northwest Indiana, I can't walk to the local butcher or I can't walk to the market stands on the street. Um, We have a farmer's market on Saturdays, but that's about all I can get. So it's really great to hear about your experience, especially in those two years living in Italy, compared to how it is now living in the States. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that feedback about, um, you know, those tips that we talked about. It was fun talking with you about that. And um, I love to be able to kind of help people realize things like that. Yeah. So I have always heard of registered dietitians. Um, I were I have worked in the healthcare system for probably about 15 years of my life. Awesome. And yeah. And so of course I had this amazing registered dietitian that was at the facility I was at for so long and got that relationship. So I've always heard uh, the term registered dietitian, but I've also heard the term of like a nutritionist. I see it all the time here in our city that there's a couple of nutritionists that we have too. They also work independently. So for somebody that doesn't know the true difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist, can you let them know that? Oh, definitely. And thank you so much for asking this question, Jordan, because it's it's super important to my profession. So anytime I can talk about this, I appreciate it. Um, so the terms, while they sound a lot alike, they're actually uh, quite different. Well, I guess it's more that they're incorrectly used. For one thing, a registered dietitian can always call themselves a nutritionist, but it doesn't go the other way around. Um, Registered dietitian is a very protected name legally, whereas nutritionist is not typically protected. There are some states that protect the name, but for the most part, almost anyone can call themselves a nutritionist in varying degrees in different states. 
Um, but what a registered dietitian does is they go to school and get their bachelor's degree. They spend a year doing a 1000 hour unpaid internship, and then they sit for a really, really challenging board exam. So we have extensive knowledge in, in a lot of subjects that we spend a lot of time learning about and we're proud of our credential. And so, uh, we protect it and that's what the term registered dietitian is. Liz, that is so actually intriguing to me to know that. So you're telling me that a registered dietitian is somebody that has a bachelor's degree, even higher. There's a lot of them that have master's that has a thousand hour unpaid internship, sits for this incredibly, and it is probably an incredibly difficult board that they have to pass. And a nutritionist here in my hometown can just be anybody, can just be my neighbor that doesn't have anything like that. Absolutely correct. Now, the nutritionist, it, some states do protect that name, meaning that there are certificates that you can get. You can get online for a couple of months or something like that. But in a lot of states, there's nothing, no requirement. Yeah, to me, that's a little scary if I haven't worked alongside with a registered dietitian in my career or just a nutritionist in general. So to me, it's kind of like apples to oranges. Like you're going to go with, to me, if I go to the hospital, I'm wanting the most trained and professional person I can get to treat me, not just, you know, somebody that works at the front desk. And I, you know what I mean? Right. Yes. And that's, that is what we have the education for, um, you know, the clinical knowledge to help uh, people with chronic illnesses. Um, and among that also, you know, human behavior and counseling. We learn a lot of different things in our education, uh, practical and clinical. Yeah, I think a lot of people too, if they can just sit back just for a second and think about how how long a thousand hours is, and especially if it is an unpaid, unpaid internship program that you have to go through. Um, these are people that are doing it, wanting to learn everything uh, to be able to set for their boards. You know, that's really amazing. Thanks, Jordan. I uh, We feel that way too. Sometimes we feel like we're a little bit snobby about our jobs, but <laughs> we take a lot of pride. Yeah, you take that title and you have pride. There's nothing wrong with that. So let's transition into, you know, I am a healthy member. We have millions of healthy members and there's going to be a lot of people, probably thousands and thousands that are going to listen to this podcast episode. What is some reasons why you think that someone should work with a registered dietitian? Um, yeah, great question. And look, this is why we're here today to explain this to you. This is kind of our main reason why we're here to kind of show you what we have to offer. Um, so we all get in ruts at times, or sometimes we've dealt with long years of frustrations over diets, over chronic conditions, whether it be a rut or a long time frustration. Sometimes we need a little extra help. Um, and that is why the consultations that we have to offer can be of big assistance, big help. Dietitians can offer the clinical knowledge, as I was mentioning a few minutes ago, whether it be diabetes, chronic kidney disease, cancer, you can go on and on. Or we can just be there to be your one-on-one -on -one support 
offering, um, you know, helping you to break down your motivational barriers, helping you to unearth your motivations for change, working through those human behavior aspects and counseling. You know, sometimes I feel like a therapist, really, uh, because I've learned how to um, hone those skills to help people find what's holding them back. Um, and more specifically at Healthy, what we're offering is um, that personalized care, uh, exceptional guidance at an affordable cost. For $85 a month, uh, you get two meetings with me or another dietitian. You get unlimited chat so we can um, text each other through our chat system to uh, encourage keeping you moving in the right direction. And, and overall, our mission is to help people improve their health without letting costs stand in the way. So, you know, private practices, they will charge sometimes up near $300 for the same type of service. Um, and we're charging $85 a month for that. Uh, we believe that everybody deserves that access to quality. Care. I feel like, Liz, you hit the nail on the head with that, that pretty much we can help with a lot of things from A to Z. Like you said, it could just be something of there are some barriers in your weight loss journey that you need to talk to a professional, a licensed professional to figure out how I can overcome those. And you can also talk to a licensed professional of something as big as an inflammatory disease like I have. The amount of support is endless with us, um, coming from everything that Healthy provides. And this is just amazing that we are now offering this service to our members. Yes, very exciting. So let's get into kind of the speed round is what I like to call uh, all of my interviews, Liz. <laughs> I always I always do a poll on our social media channels inside of our community portions of our app to kind of get those, what are some top ask questions of somebody that you know, I'm interviewing that specializes in this, or they've been through a binge eating disorder, right. or they've done this and that. So I have collected about four questions. These were the top four questions that a lot of people kept asking us. And I would love your feedback on these. And I would love just to hear your experience with these and what uh, you would like to give us for those. All right, let's see what you got. All right, so this has been the top question is, and I know so many people struggle with this because I see it all over social media as the community manager, is not only how can I get more protein in my diet, but how can I get more quality protein in my diet? Good one. All right. I love this question because I get it a lot too. I'm happy to work with this one. And what a great goal to try to get more protein in. Uh, we probably all could work on that goal a little bit, some more than others. So if there's there's maybe three things that I could um, go over with you today. Uh, one is to consider just prioritizing your lean animal proteins because most of us are already eating these things. Um, so we have them in our fridge. We're using to buying them. It's nothing out of the ordinary. Things like chicken breasts, turkey, fish, um, you know, these are the stars of your meals. They're packed with protein, low in saturated fat. I shouldn't say they're only they're the only stars in the meals. Look, I love the vegetables and the, and, and the other stuff as well. But when talking about uh, easy way to get protein in, this is, this is an easy way. But also you can add in some protein rich snacks throughout your day. Things like Greek yogurt, nuts, seeds, hard-boiled eggs. You can have those on hand in your fridge. Um, these are convenient, versatile 
things that are grab and go and tasty. Um, the third thing that I want to kind of really focus on here is embracing plant-based protein sources. So these are so good for you and we often forget about them here in our country. <laughs> Beans, lentils, tofu, legumes, um, these foods are so nutritious. They are loaded in protein, fiber, you know, vitamins, all sorts of nutrients. So what I like to do in my house is have meatless Mondays. Um, it's kind of traditional in New Orleans, which is where I live, to have red beans and rice on Mondays. So I, as often as I can, try to do meatless Mondays and have some form of beans and rice. But, you know, beans are so, they're such a vital part of the diet in so many parts of the world, like South America, Mexico, India. Um, beans are, are the star ingredient in those places. So um, I encourage everyone listening to try to find one or two nights out of the week to make it meatless and try some of these great things. Oh, before we move on to the next question, I have become obsessed with the salad recipe that my niece found on TikTok. It has quinoa, chickpeas, pistachios, feta cheese, tomatoes, cucumbers, red onions. Let's see, did I forget anything else? Um, a fabulous salad dressing that goes on it and it is packed with protein and mostly plant protein so I'm obsessed with it you've got to try it uh, you had me at feta anything feta cheese I am there for so I will I believe I have seen this salad as well on TikTok it's one of them you can put in mason jars and it's great for the next couple of days that is very good yeah. Yeah, I've started making it um, on Sundays and then it lasts through about Wednesday. I need to find another recipe like that that I can kind of rotate in on other weeks. No, that's great. This is kind of, that's what I love about speaking with you is you're always coming up with ways to simplify it. Um, you know, I just asked you this question on protein and you kind of gave me three very good and easy ways that I can up my protein rather than what I'm always doing. I never once ever thought about doing like a meatless Monday to try to do something different and do th something special for my diet routine that I'm already doing right now. But it also is something that can also help me up my protein for the week. So that's amazing. Oh, yeah. So with protein, there are also my number two question came in that fiber. We hear fiber all the time. Fiber is um, you see them in wraps, you see them in bread, you see all this stuff that people are like, oh, this is a high fiber recipe. So how do I know if I'm getting enough fiber in my diet? Very relevant question because most of us probably do not get enough fiber, do we? So fiber is funny. I think a lot of us might think about the bathroom, right? When we think about fiber, yeah. <laughs> you might associate the two things um, uh, because fiber, let's, let's call it what it is. It kind of keeps the pipes from rusting. It kind of keeps things really healthy. And um, so it's really important for a lot of reasons. I won't get into all of the reasons, but I will tell you a couple of things, um, ways to try to get in enough fiber. First of all, the list, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, plant proteins like beans. These are your star fibering foods, okay? It's, it's great to try to get your fiber from the food source itself. And those are kind of your star ingredients. So just think about it. Are you getting those things in your diet? If not, think about how you might add them in. Um, the second thing I wanted to mention is food labels. 
So food labels, we're often in the grocery store looking at, you know, maybe we are, maybe we aren't looking at food labels on boxes and containers. But a quick way to know if the food has a decent amount of fiber is to look where it says fiber on the food label. And if it has three grams or more of fiber in a serving, that's pretty good. So quick little indicator, quick little lesson there on how to look at a food label and see if it's got fiber. Um, also, one other quick thing that I wanted to tell you about fiber, and it's very important, is that if you decide to increase your amount of fiber, it's very important to also increase your fluid intake because you can run into a really sticky situation. Back to that bathroom thing we were talking about, about, you know, constipation can become a quick problem if you increase fiber without increasing fluids. So um, just a caution there, really important. Uh, don't want anybody to get themselves into trouble. Yeah, that is one thing on a personal level that I can say as I have up my fiber, I that is something I have heard. And so I made sure that I was flushing enough fluids down me, especially water. So that's very good to know to somebody that might not have experience with upping their fiber intake. So thank you for that. Yeah, definitely. So another thing with fiber that's just me on a personal level, I would love to know, you know, I'm a 33-year-old male. Um, I know that the factors are different for different many people, um, but I'm curious to know, like, how do I figure out how much fiber I should be intaking every day? That is a great question. Now, the American Heart Association recommends about 25 to 30 grams per day for an adult. Of course, in our practical lives, we're not we're probably not going to be measuring exactly how many fiber how much fiber we're getting. So, uh, I just like to recommend to people to make sure they're getting those fruits, vegetables, whole grains, plant proteins in. And if you're doing that, then you're probably getting your 25 to 30 grams in per day. Which is going to then help you stay full and satisfied in your health and wellness journey. A lot of people don't realize that, right? Right. It definitely kind of slows down the digestive process, which keeps you full longer. And um, it keeps blood sugars from not spiking quite as high. And it keeps your intestines and colon really healthy and uh, helps you prevent cancer in those areas. Yeah, that is just crazy. Something as simple as one nutrient that we need to, you know, it's going to help us in the long run. Love that. Um, so let's go back to, you were saying about all your, you know, make sure you're eating enough fruits and enough vegetables. I know me and my kids, especially my kids, oh, I can give them a whole tray of fruit and they're going to eat it up. But man, when I give them some vegetables that they're not familiar with or, hey, let's try this, um, it's very hard for me to get them to eat it. So I'm curious to know, this was another question that we had was, how do I get my family to eat more vegetables? Um, yeah, love this practical question because those of us who do have kids, and even if you don't have kids, um, you know, it's really, I think, a challenge for just a lot of people, not just children. Um, but I do have kids, so I'm going through it on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I like to, the first thing I like to do is make it visible. For example, the fruit basket on the counter in the kitchen. And, you know, maybe there is some veggies in there too. Typically, it's more fruit in our house, but fruit's great too. Uh, and then in the fridge, having things like fruit and vegetables cut up and ready to eat. Because if they are ready to serve, then somebody is much more likely to grab it and eat it. You know, you can have cantaloupe cut up or you can have 
uh, cucumbers and celery cut up with some yummy homemade dip that is just made with some yogurt and, you know, some seasonings. Um, so if those things are kind of red there and ready to grab, a child will more likely have that option. And you as a parent can say, hey, instead of going for the pantry snack, look what's in the fridge. Yeah, that's such a good, that's a good option. Yeah, yeah. And then also um, making another way to make it visible is actually involving them in the preparation. So if you're cooking dinner and they're seeing the things that go into it, they're seeing what they're making, will encourage them to want to try it. So that's another thing. Um, also, you can use the uh, old school method of hiding it or disguising it. So my daughter is one of the pickiest people in the world. She, wow, really? Um, because my son is the pickiest person in the world. Frustrating. Uh, it's so hard to figure out. And sometimes I feel like I just don't even know what to do. But there are some things that I've learned. Um, one things, The one thing that she loves is a smoothie. So I'll try to sneak in things into the smoothie. Maybe it's carrots, cucumber, spinach is sometimes harder unless it's kind of a apple smoothie or something like that. Um, but I try to sneak in some vegetables when I can there. Um, but also soups are a good way to sneak in some pureed vegetables. I like making, you know, different kinds of like you can make a potato soup that has cauliflower pureed into it. Cauliflower can also be pureed in, into mashed potatoes to make a side dish of mashed potatoes. And those are some ways to hide in disguise. So um, have you learned any, uh, Jordan, any any ways with your kids that work? So my kids are not smoothie fans, but what I have found is that, yeah, like you said before, if I go through the process of chopping it up and putting it in the fridge, it's much easier for me to tell them, hey guys, go check the fridge rather than check in the pantry. And if it's already done for them, they more than likely are like, oh, I'll eat those, you know, green peppers with the dip or something like that rather than because what I found with myself and my kids is the pantry snacks and stuff like that are very quick. They can go open up the bag of whatever it is and start enjoying it. You get into things like fruit and veggies, there are works that you have to do to do it. Um, so as long as I can have it already pre-done in the fridge, they will do it. But man, if they have to wait two or three minutes for me or mom to chop it up or get it ready for them, they, they're they quick to grab in the pantry. Exactly. It's the same way in my house. <laughs> I think the same <laughs> way. Know, joys of having children, especially trying to make sure everybody is eating a well-balanced diet. So thank you for those tips. Um, the last and final question, um, and we actually, this kind of came tied with our very first one about protein, but I wanted to wait till the very end because I know a lot of people write into me about this. They search it on social media. So I'm curious to know from a registered dietitian's point of view, when we are tracking water or drinking water, we want to make sure we hit our water goals. So I'm a very, this is just me personally, I'm a very big advocate on, I get 80 ounces of water in a day. It's just something I've done in my journey from the very beginning. Um, but I use water enhancers. I love getting electrolyte water enhancers, a little bit of flavoring in them just so it's not a completely plain water. What is your what is your perspective and your take on can I track this as my actual water intake? Absolutely. So good question, by the way, because 
hats off to all of you trackers out there that are diligently wanting to make sure that you get everything tracked properly. That's amazing. Um, and I would 100% absolutely track that water that has flavor enhancers in it. Because so, let's face it, plain water gets really boring. And uh, and we don't want to go to the sugary drinks, right? Uh, we want to avoid going to the sodas and the, the drinks that are just loaded down with sugar. So we have to find something that's going to work. And uh, I love that we have this new exciting world of water enhancers. They're, they're all over the place. So the only thing that I would um, kind of consider about that is uh, checking the ingredients. There's a lot of different ones out there. Um, there may be some ingredients that you that you don't want to be consuming a lot of. For me, I use the water enhancers because I just get really bored of water. Um, I like to find ones that don't have food coloring. I don't like food coloring. I've read a lot about it. And a lot of the, the water enhancers do have that. So I have found that they're making a lot of them that don't have food coloring. So, but that's my personal thing. Um, again, going back to the original question, absolutely track all of those glasses of water or bottles of water that you put the flavor enhancer in. I laugh at my sister actually, you know, and secretly I'm laughing at her enviously because she's really good at <laughs> intake. She carries around this massive bottle that must be two or three gallons of water. And it has um, her goals for the day of drinking water. And so it, it's it's become a world of making sure that we get enough fluid. And it's really a good thing. Yeah, I don't even realize now that I've done it for so long. I just have a 40-ounce water bottle. Um, so I just... That's something easy for me to know. Two of those a day. And you know, I am that type of person that if it's 9 o'clock at night and I still have three quarters of the bottle left, I will chug it or drink it just to make sure I'm getting that water. Water and take in. Um, so, yeah, I'm very happy to hear that you, you know, I have heard from a lot of people on social media that they're like, oh, no, if it has flavoring in it, it's not good or you can't track it. So I was very glad that a lot of people have been asking this question for us to ask you because to get that justification from somebody that has been in this profession for so long like you, that has had all the training, um, I am very happy to now know that I can take it you know, with me to know that somebody who I am looking up to that has all the knowledge is telling me, hey, Jordan, you are good to go. Here's some recommendations. You know, maybe look up your own things for the uh, flavoring and, um, or for the food dyes or anything like that. And, um, but thank you so much for that. And I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of our members probably are now going to go out to Walmart or Dollar General and get some water enhancers. <laughs> Yes. So really great questions, Jordan. Thank you for coming up with such good ones. No, thank you so much for joining me today. Like I said, I was really happy to be able to sit down with you one-on-one -on -one myself for my own personal health and wellness journey. Um, you gave me a lot of great info for my autoimmune disease. So if that, if you are listening today and you have any sort of autoimmune disease, please, please reach out to Liz, schedule a one-on-one -on -one consultation with Healthy Care because the number one thing I took from Liz at the very beginning was it was do we want to talk about weight loss or do we want to talk about something else and I was able to say hey I have this auto
autoimmune disease. I'm trying to get as much help as I can. Can we talk about this? And you were, you were happy to do that for me, Liz, and let me know that at our next consult, that if we want to talk about weight loss, we can. If we want to continue on this conversation, we can. So if that is something that you are struggling with or just need somebody to talk to, Liz, who runs our healthy care and all of our registered dietitians, uh, she is the one to talk to. So thank you so much for joining me today, Liz. I know that I have enjoyed this conversation. I know that our members listening in their car or at work has enjoyed this conversation. And yeah, I really appreciate you uh, working with us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And I hope that we get to meet again for another consultation. We might have to do it virtually with other people on a Tuesday night. Thank you. Yes, yes. All right, Liz, you have a great rest of your day and thank you for stopping by. You too. Thank you. Thank you.